Section 2 of In Italy with the 332nd Infantry. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. In Italy with the 332nd Infantry by Joseph L. Letow. Chapter 1 France France at last! Early on the morning of June 17, 1918, our little cattle boat, having safely traversed the submarine-infested channel, steamed into the ancient harbor of Havre. In the gray morning not much of the town could be seen, and anyway we were too busy to admire the scenery. Companies were formed and trucks loaded, and we started for the camp, our eyes wide with curiosity, for we were in France, that land of which we had heard so much for the last two years. I retain an impression of a dusty, aged, wasted city of old brick and stone buildings. The shopkeeper's signs were interesting and mysterious. As we moved away from the business district, we passed many piles of ammunition and cannon guarded by Algerian soldiers. It was edifying to see these colored soldiers snap to attention. Everywhere, however, our passage was marked for the absence of anything like a greeting from the natives. We wondered. In America, on the train racing to the coast, whistles shrieked, bells rang, and people cheered. In England, bands played, and people loudly applauded. Yet here in France, to whose immediate aid we were rushing, no word of welcome came to us. It was grim. Did France think that America was too slow? Was France too sorrowful at her losses? Did she think that these dressed-up shopmen, farmers, and clerks were poor substitutes for her own brave who had died in the vain attempt to stem the German tide? Whatever her thoughts, we saw nothing to confirm the prevalent idea that the French are an excitable people. Continuing through the winding streets, up and down hills, we came to a sandy, wire-enclosed field containing a few wooden buildings and many tents. It was a dreary-looking place, and the painted signs giving directions to be followed in case of an air raid failed to put any humor in the situation. Outside the barbed-wire fence, which held us prisoners, a sentinel paced up and down, on the street there were at times several boys waiting and begging for food or cigarettes. At mealtime the number increased, and with them came women and girls begging for food. A walk around showed us that the camp was scarcely more than a makeshift, and we hoped we would not remain long. While here some of us had near baths which we shall never forget. For an hour we stood in line waiting our turn to enter the bathhouse, and when at last we entered and had gotten soaked up, the water limit for the day was reached, and the water was turned off. About noon of the 18th, we moved from this camp. Luckily for us, we were first at the train, and upon discovering that eight men and all their equipment, irrespective of rank, excepting commissioned officers, were to be jammed into one compartment made for eight to sit in, and that we were to spend the night there, we began to consider the matter seriously. Before long, one of the boys unfolded a plan, and a moment later, 
three busier sergeants major than we three could not have been found we turned baggage smashers and in a few minutes a whole second-class compartment was empty and later some of the officers discovered that there were as many as three of them to a compartment our ride across france took us close to paris but as we passed at night we did not see it france is beautiful there was the same orderliness that we noticed in england except that there was more evidence of recent neglect the hedges along the tracks which in other days had been so well kept now showed lack of attention cattle were few and far between and no young men were seen except those in uniform on the afternoon of the nineteenth we arrived at a town named Fulan. however we remained in the cars until darkness we saw no reason for wasting these daylight hours but later learned that troop movements were allowed only under cover of darkness where are we do you think we're near the front isn't this a blank of a place to stop these were the unanswerable questions we asked each other at last we were ordered from the train the companies except one were formed and marched away into the dark silent rainy night as usual we attended to the loading of our boxes and when this was accomplished we climbed aboard the truck just about this time however the officer who had been left behind to supervise the loading of supplies saw us on top of the truck with angry voice he wanted to know what we were doing there and before anyone mustered up courage to present an alibi he ordered us off leaving only a half dozen aboard to unload the baggage sorrowfully we climbed down but we left our packs on the truck and we felt that we had slipped one over at any rate at eleven o'clock we fell in behind c company and began the memorable march to mandres the rain had ceased and the night was now truly beautiful the stars above shone brightly and as we marched up the valley alongside a silvery canal flanked on both sides by cool whispering trees we found it difficult to believe that a desperate battle raged a few miles away we walked at a good pace for fifty minutes and then rested ten minutes according to the army marching rules of course we smoked a cigarette the doughboy's best friend and enjoyed for the time the coolness and quiet it was difficult to get up and continue the march and long before the next rest period came our feet were dragging how these lads with heavy packs stood it is difficult to understand remember that for about forty hours we had been riding in a space that scarcely permitted stretching when the order came for the second rest period the stars as interesting phenomena had lost their charm even a cigarette was unattractive we wanted to lie down and sleep 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 when the order to fall in came again we stumbled to our feet and actually fell in the next hour was torture never did we want rest so much now and then we sighted a town ahead and our spirits rose but always it seemed our town was further on why are there so many hills in france will we never get to that town is the captain on the right road these thoughts filled our minds and i believe some of the men walked in their sleep this condition was not exceptional it was the general feeling everything ends and at last we had climbed our last hill 
and had arrived in the muddy street of a quaint little stone-house town lights began to twinkle here and there and people came out to see their first american soldiers it was two a m i understand that we were going into billets but it seemed impossible to find room for one thousand men in these few houses at length several detachments moved away some of these men climbed ladders and disappeared into attics and haylofts others passed from view into cellars and barns so these are billets after our detachment had stood in the road many minutes we began to realize that unless we ourselves found a place to sleep we would very likely be there in the road until daybreak therefore we marched up the street and found a newly constructed wooden building entered it picked up the softest looking piece of wood and went to bed we who stopped in mandres were fortunate as the second and third battalions were stationed four or five miles beyond mandres in the morning after a breakfast of canned willie canned tomatoes and crackers we located regimental headquarters later we learned that there were rooms for some of us we had pictured a hayloft at best but when we found that we had drawn rooms containing real beds we were pleased beyond description two of us were billeted in the home of an old lady who smiled and talked incessantly but since our french was in its infancy and had not reached the talking stage we could only grin at her and say oui oui whenever it appeared time however we got along famously when the lady finally bowed herself out we examined the room the bed drew our attention immediately it was not six feet long i am and i know the bed was not and it stood about four feet from the floor the odd thing about it was a sort of feather bed on top of the covers we could never learn to use it as a cover but always lovingly put it upon the floor whenever we did not fear the lady's coming one of the covers was made entirely of heavy exquisite lace pretty to look at but not half as warm as our three thin blankets there were two pictures on the wall both of young soldiers and we knew why the old lady was so kind to us a dresser and a stand with bowl and pitcher completed the room simple it was but imagined compared to what we expected the companies were put to work immediately those men who had offended were given the task of rendering a town sanitary that had been unsanitary since the first man and his cow had come to live there the others embarked upon a six weeks training schedule the author of which evidently had never heard of relaxation from early morning when the bugle blew assembly khaki-clad youths came down ladders out of cellars out of barns and out of houses and throughout the day pausing only at noon american cries and activities resounded through the ordinarily quiet village until nightfall our service at the front it appeared would begin at the expiration of these six weeks as mentioned above not all of our regiment were stationed at this town mandres for it was too small headquarters a b c and d companies were here the second and third battalions and supply and machine gun companies were at little towns close by called esse leo Marie, and lenques however practically the same events took place at each little town 
at stated times the different companies leaving their stations met on the line of march and when a prearranged point was reached skirmishes and trench maneuvers were executed the noon meal was served in the field from the rolling kitchens drinking water was frowned on while marching and at the conclusion of a march there were generally many thick tongues parched throats and black lips during june a party of commissioned and non-commissioned officers were sent to the infantry school at chatelon sur seine there to further their education in military matters generally in the evenings the boys wrote letters and read the paris edition of the chicago tribune and the new york herald also the thirst was quenched the water was under the ban of the medical officer unless it was purified by the addition of hypochloride of lime this water was placed in a lister bag hung upon a tripod and was liked less than the various vins and brandies offered in the vin shops especially since most of these little shops were presided over by mademoiselles during the day no drinks could be sold to americans but after the companies were dismissed until taps the shopkeepers reaped a harvest of francs the y m c a red cross k f c and salvation army apparently did not know of our existence for we saw nothing of them the nearest y m c a was at Mojant, about two and one-half miles distance our excellent band made the evenings happy for french and americans with splendid concerts on the square many visits were made to the french homes ostensibly they were for the purpose of learning the french language and customs however the home with a feminine teacher was generally the most popular school near our abode was the home of a very dear old french couple where we learned that in this locality the chief industry was the manufacture of knives and scissors all work was done by hand in the homes our host plied his trade in the room which was also kitchen dining room and bedroom the little cook stove not more than two feet high looked like a toy while the fuel used was twigs the average villager was kind to us but the shopkeepers were very grasping they sold their articles for any sum they thought they could get from the americans this profiteering especially in foodstuffs was the cause of an order to the americans forbidding them to buy certain foodstuffs the profiteers raised prices so high that the natives could not buy these articles however the order was not always obeyed for the temptation to have a home-cooked meal was very great now and then enough francs could be gathered together to have a banquet of chicken french fried potatoes eggs lettuce homemade bread butter and vin the reader has heard of the thrifty french housewife but i hope he will not condemn the boys for passing up the chicken head and feet which were served on the plate except on sundays most of the people wore wooden shoes and they could be heard clattering along on the road a block away on june twenty ninth we were told that general pershing was coming to review us that meant a night of polishing guns cleaning quarters grounds and clothes when he came the next day premier clemenceau accompanied him general pershing smiled and spoke to the boys as he passed along the line he looked like a man capable of doing big things the next day a rumor went forth that we were scheduled to go to italy as a propaganda regiment to encourage the italians as this rumor gained credence 
the study of french lost ground and many copies of french for soldiers went to the bottom of the barracks bags on the fourth of july we were awakened before reveille by our band which in two separate sections marched around the town endeavoring to see which section could make more noise during the day athletic games were staged and prizes were given to the winners the following week on july ninth elsie janus came to our neighborhood and provided an evening's entertainment we shall never forget in a natural amphitheatre a rude wooden stage with improvised lights was built the hillside was dotted with the flowers of the american army the three hundred and thirty-first in overseas caps the three hundred and thirty-second in campaign caps both regimental bands were near the stage and they kept everyone in good spirits a truck drove up and a piano was unloaded and placed upon the stage shortly after miss janice and her mother arrived in a limousine and from the moment the door of the car opened until she left the stage everyone had a wonderful time miss janice sang several songs new to us and her parodies and accompanying antics were greatly enjoyed on july fourteenth francis independence day another holiday was declared we were free to go anywhere possible in the twenty-four hours in order to bring the holiday spirit to the whole regiment the band was sent around to the various towns in each town a short concert was played and at the second battalion headquarters it cooperated in a pleasant program of speeches and songs attended by the french people as well as the soldiers a few days later the order to move to italy was officially announced and a transfer of physically imperfect men took place some of our men were sent to the three hundred and thirty-first while they were to transfer better men to the three hundred and thirty-second the transfer was effected but when our doctors examined the new men they found many of them in poorer condition than those we had sent to the three hundred and thirty-first so it was necessary to use some strenuous language and to go through the process of transfer once more during july the americans were fighting around chateau thierry and were stopping the german drive that was causing france to despair possibly this success assured our trip to italy for after this time our movement was speeded up many things were necessary such as rolling stock travel rations equipment motor trucks etc we understood that we were the only american regiment going to italy and therefore we would have to take care of much that is usually looked after by special units however on july twenty fifth the first section of the three hundred and thirty second marched to Fulaine, boarded the train and was on the way to italy end of section two